The following podcast is presented by Hormone Logics. Discover your ageless health. Hi, I'm Amy Wilhelmy. We are Ascension Mentality, a mentality coaching. Uh, speaking, writing, podcast brand, and I am also a mom. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a business owner, and we're interested in people's stories. My name is Matt Wilhelmy. I am lucky enough to be this lovely lady's husband, and um, I also own a couple different businesses. I'm a business consultant by trade. I went to school for business consulting and business management and finance, and um, Really excited to be uh, joining Amy today in studio, recording our podcast called Ascension Mentality. And um, a big part of our podcast is going to be interviewing guests. And so today I thought I'd take the liberty of getting it started by asking Amy some questions. So our mission with Ascension Mentality is that um, I'm a mental health practitioner. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so what I've found interesting about the bodybuilding cultural culture in general is that there's really this niche that is not being met. So a traditional bodybuilder may go to a therapist and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with an eating disorder or I'm struggling with body image issues or I'm struggling with self-confidence. And they may turn to those mental health practitioners and just, you know, say all these things. And I think that they are looked at as maybe something is happening that is disordered and the mental health practitioner may say something like, hey, you know, maybe you should stop doing that. Where it's a lifestyle that they've developed that usually is helping them with some of these struggles, some of these internal struggles. So to just say to somebody, hey, you know, what you're doing is wrong, maybe you should stop doing it, and then these things would start ha stop happening is the wrong answer. So there's this niche in the world of bodybuilding, but then also in just really high performers in general, which is the second part of this podcast is, is interviewing really high-performing people, CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera. Um, you know, they tend to have these habits or lifestyles that look kind of disordered from the outside. Maybe they don't sleep very well. Maybe they don't exercise enough or they exercise too much or their eating habits are weird or the relationships are messed up or there's addiction issues. And really what we're trying to do is create this space for people to tell us these stories about how they achieved all these amazing accomplishments and really celebrate that instead of, you know, talking about how they, they need to stop doing that or they need to change their lifestyle. What we're trying to get it is how are these people achieving these things that are seemingly unattainable in life, in business, their passions, their pursuits of greatness, the world's high performers, these big, juicy dreams. To some people, they're really out of reach. So number one, how are they doing that? Number two, how are they managing that with, with all that they have going on in their life? Like, People always ask me, how do you do what you do? Like I, we have five kids together. That's a lot. You know, we, 
I run a couple businesses. I'm doing this bodybuilding thing. We're doing this podcast. I'm writing a book. I do all my social media. I'm pumping out a lot of content. So people are always like, how do you do what you do, right? So this podcast is telling my story and our story, but then also the stories of people that are also kind of pumping out a lot in life and achieving their dreams, right? So its focus is mindset. Like mindset is everything. We believe that inspiring stories and testimonials lay the groundwork for others to walk down the roads that maybe they're hesitant to go down. So if you hear an inspiring story about somebody that's achieved something amazing, you're going to be inspired to then maybe pursue some of your dreams. One of the things you talked about was uh, the kids that we have, yeah. our lovely, <laughs> lovely family. How, um, how do you maybe uh, think about those relationships and how important it is to raise our children as well as being able to then relate to other moms who are maybe also struggling with some of the same things. Mom guilt, I need to be spending all my time with my kids. I need to have them always looking perfect and cute and all their outfits together and the room needs to be clean. I have to bake them fresh cookies every day and whatever it is that mom, I can't relate, but like how moms <laughs> think about, you know, I want to be the best mom ever, but I also have these other goals, whether right. it be fitness or whether it be my education or whether it be building a business. How do you kind of uh, relate to some of those other moms that you're talking to? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, the, the psychology term for that would be modeling behavior, right? So I really believe it is important to model for your family and for your children what you want for them, right? It's one thing for you to want your kid to be the star athlete of their team and to provide them with the practices and the travel and the equipment and the money and the time that it takes to do that. But it's another thing for you to lead by example and build the life of your dreams. And then you have these little people that even if you are not aware of them watching you are watching you, they're watching you do these things. Like when I decided to do bikini bodybuilding, right? My kids were like, what are, are you doing? They're like, so was your husband. Yeah. I was like, what is going <laughs> Everyone's on? Everyone's like, know? what's going on? But I think it was just something that for whatever reason I needed to do for myself. And then eventually everybody kind of got on board and they were like, oh, she's like serious about this thing. You know, we had a lot of weeks where I would get up at 4.30 a.m., go to the gym, and then go to work after that. And, you know, they saw me training, and they saw me do the meal prep, and they saw me uh, changing, quite frankly. You know, like, the organization that it takes to do something like that is quite insane. And it kind of changed me from the inside out. And then it's, it's, an, it's a huge benefit to, um, to them to see somebody kind of go through that sort of transformation. And it's, and it's actually absolutely everything that I want for our children in their life is to think that they can pursue their dreams, whatever that may be. You know, I often say to them, if you want to be a hairdresser, great. I would love you to be the best hairdresser you can possibly be. Like, I don't really care what they do for their careers as long as they're passionate about it. That's the important piece for me. So when you're talking about the the children and, and how, you know, you're um, maybe inspiring them or modeling, I think was the word you used. Yeah. Um, modeling the behavior. Um, when did you maybe decide that that modeling was going to include fitness and bodybuilding? Because you're an NPC bodybuilder, right? Is that the right term? Yes. You're, oh, sorry, sorry. So you have, um, you're not just sort of into working out. 
Because I think I heard you say, yeah, I'm into fitness, but like you've been into fitness for a long time. Can you Mm -hmm. walk me through that journey? And when did it shift from being kind of, I'm into fitness to, no, I'm going to take this very seriously. Sure. So after my third child was born, I just needed to do something for me, honestly, for my mental health. So that's when I... How old were you when um, Etta was born? Um... I ask because it's important in the context. I don't think that's like a normal question to ask, but sure. there's probably a lot of women that are listening that maybe are at certain ages. Yes. And they're how, so how she's eight now. So it was eight years ago. So I was approximately 30 years old when Etta was born. Um, and I needed to do something for myself again to kind of separate myself from like momhood. I mean, I've always worked, so I've always had a, a career, right? But besides momhood and career, I needed a third, like, this is just for me. Because my career is, I'm a help, I'm a marriage and family therapist, so I'm in a helping profession. So, you know, uh, you're, you're helping with your children, you're helping with your family, I'm helping as a, as a career. So I needed something that was just strictly for me, not helping anybody else. <laughs> and um, so I started off doing yoga and bar workouts, which if anyone is not familiar, it's kind of the the foundation of ballet, bar, core stuff. Um, And it was easy because it was hosted in a friend's basement. Um, We could bring our kids. She always had a babysitter there. So that was really um, integral for that part of my life. And then it kind of morphed into, okay, I like this group workout setting. So then I started doing group fitness stuff. Um, I did Orange Theory for a long time. Orange Theory was way too much cardio for me, so. Um, how long is a long time? Like, how long were you doing Orange Theory? Is it two years? Is it three years? Yeah, I did Orange Theory for about two years. And you were pretty consistent, right? Yeah. It was like every day. Yeah. Five days At a week? At least five days a week. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right. And there's a lot of cardio. So there's, um, you know, Orange Theory is is treadmill and, and rowing machine. So but I was, it was just, missing something, right? I was just getting burnt out, right? Was it? Were you seeing the results or? Um, yes and no. Like, yes, for the endorphins, right? Mental health wise, I would say the results were there. I was feeling great. I was having fun. It's fun. I remember you always telling me how many splat points you got. Yeah. I'm really, I'm like really competitive. 30 splat points in like a 35 <laughs> or 40 minute workout. Right. Yeah. So naturally I'm really competitive. So that was fun because you can see the results live. Um, but then I, my body was just not handling it. Like I was just getting really burnt out. Um, what else? I think you had an injury, right? Didn't you like twist an ankle or hurt a knee? I popped an ankle in the next stage when I started doing F45. Oh, that was F45. Yeah. But I mean, very similar format, you know, stations and high intensity. They call it a HIT workout. High intensity interval training is an F45 workout. But what I got out of that, we're transitioning into that, is more um, weightlifting. So, um Again, high intensity weightlifting, so very quick movements. Um, you're much more prone to injury doing something like that. Uh, there's not a lot of form. They don't coach you very much on form because there's just not a lot of time, right? It's like one thing to the next to the next. At the, the group workouts, you mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, I did that for a while, and then what I was experiencing is like, yeah, endorphins were good. Mental health was good. It was doing something for me. I I enjoyed the group environment. I liked, you know the community of those things. Um, but my, my body was just not responding the way that I wanted it to. Um, 
I just felt kind of drained and kind of stringy and it just, it just wasn't, wasn't a good fit for me anymore. So then I, I hired a, a trainer. What month, what month or year was it when you hired that trainer? I'm that was last year in February. So we're about 10 months in right now. So just so everyone, I don't know when this is going to get published. Um, yeah. And we talk about dates. So February of 2020. Correct. So like basically right when the pandemic started. Yeah. Amy was <laughs> like, I think I'm going to start being a bodybuilder. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So I, I hired a trainer um, that also did the nutrition piece because although I just, I'm generally extremely healthy, I just always have eaten very healthy. Um, I knew that, that I probably wasn't doing it correctly and I was right. Um, I wasn't eating enough, which sounds weird to say, but like as a woman, I think that we're kind of conditioned to do a lot of cardio, eat a lot of salad, and think that that's okay. Um, it's not even that that's okay. That's like almost expected, right? Yeah. It's like if you if you're not eating a salad, <laughs> there's like no carbs in, right? Yeah, there's like a fear of carbs, you know. So I was just burnt out. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. I was my mood was kind of all over the place. Um, so when I hired this trainer, I was like, I need somebody that knows a little bit about nutrition as well. Um, so then right off the bat, I started off on a meal plan and, um, very intense, um, very specific training protocol. Hey, Amy, we have a great sponsor on board, Hormone Logics. Yeah, they're actually my hormone doctors, so I think they're pretty awesome. They do hormone replacement therapies to revive energy and strength so that you can continue to feel younger, longer. They do bioidentical hormones, menopause therapy, andropause therapy. They help men with things like ED, low T, sleep regulation. They help you to have a more satisfying sex life, improved mood, improved cognition, healthier skin, bones, and hair. How does somebody get in touch with Hormone Logics? You can visit their website at www.hormonelogics.com. Stop missing out on living your best life and be the best version of yourself. And that's kind of how this thing started. One of the things that I really admired about your fitness journey was your ability to kind of seek out um, and determination to seek out kind of the best. Mm-hmm. You know, you you joined Orange Theory because at the time I think you thought, hey, this is the best. Like yeah. Orange Theory is like the best. And then I think for a minute you thought F45 was really awesome. And I think what you found out, at least what you told me was, those are great, but it's not getting you necessarily exactly where you want to go and then you started to lift some weights right at the gym which is a little bit intimidating yeah um but then i think you you kind of you switched somewhere along the way maybe it was a article you found i don't remember the story maybe you can help out um but when you were like i want to be an npc bodybuilder and i remember you showing me the instagram pages you're like matt this is what i want to (laughs) do yeah do you question? remember that? Yes. And just do you remember that time and what pushed you to do that? Like what to go from like, oh, I'm going to do a 45 and like I'm not getting the results to like I'm going to bodybuild to like, no, I'm going to be really intentional. Mm-hmm. I want to win. I want to do these things. Right. Well, I, I honestly had kind of been following the bodybuilding community for a while. It's always been something that's kind of been in the back of my mind. I just wasn't in the place where I was ready to like tell anyone or like say it out loud. And then when I... um finally decided to seek help. I found a trainer locally that, um, 
that did that. I knew that she did kind of what what we call in the community lifestyle, which is, hey, you just want to get into shape, but maybe you don't want to get on stage. But I also knew that she trained um, athletes that were interested in getting on that stage in that sparkly bikini. And so I was like, well, then I have options, right? And so we were about a week into my new protocol, which was nutrition and training. And I was, I called her back and I was like, just kidding. I actually want to get on that stage. So like, what do I have to do to do that? Um, And I think I just made that decision because um, I was in a place where I was ready. Um, A little bit about our journey that I'm happy to talk about is that um, in August of that year, so August of 2019, I think, so right before you Correct. made this shift to right bodybuilding. Before I made this shift, um, I stopped drinking completely too. And so being um, completely sober from alcohol and then like I think that that, that kind of six-month period before I started bodybuilding really allowed my body this like reset. And then I almost like I had the energy or the ability to be really intentional about my workouts and my nutrition because that wasn't like getting in the way anymore. One of the things that you mentioned at the very beginning of this kind of convo about fitness and family was about the kids, Mm -hmm. right? And they watch whether you think they're watching or not, they're watching. Do you remember the first conversation you had with um, our kids when you kind of talked about like mommy wants to be a bodybuilder, what that actually meant? (laughs) Um, I think I, uh, do I remember it? Yes, I remember it. And I, again, I think that they were just a little bit surprised and confused and I don't, you know, this is not, um, this is kind of an underground sport. Let's just call it what it is, right? This is not publicized. So even CrossFit these days, you know, they televise and people are more familiar with, um, bodybuilding is still very, um, a very underground sport. So if you're not in the community, you don't really see it. You don't really know about it. You don't follow them on Instagram because it's just, it's a very specific thing that people do. And so now that you're in the community, you're in the world of bodybuilders, the underground, Mm -hmm. you just called it. Yeah. um, You've had a chance to meet some really interesting people. Right. And hear some of their stories. Yes. And I think what you've mentioned to me is, hey, Matt, you know, their stories are kind of cool, similar to mine. You know, I'd like to find out more about maybe how they have overcome some of the mental health hurdles or how they've overcome maybe some of the blocks that have kept them from being as great as they can be. Um, What are some of the other goals that you have or mission maybe that you have in doing this podcast in terms of mental health, bodybuilding, and and exposing um, these different areas of mental health? Right. So I would... I'm going to back it up for a second and just say that, like, obviously we just experienced this worldwide pandemic. And when I speak to people about what I do as a profession and as a passion, because they're kind of intertwined, right? Um, People are like, oh my gosh, mental health right now is such a big thing. And so if I were to just say anything about COVID or the pandemic is, is that what it has done for my interests and passion and lifestyle and profession is that it's really exposed that like mental health is 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 healthcare is needed. I think before this I was always talking I always felt like I was talking people into it. Like no, we need mental health to be as important as going to the gym or eating your green smoothie or going to yoga and I went to graduate school in California um near San Francisco. 
And it is cultural there. And it is cultural on the East Coast. And in the middle here, in the Midwest, it's it's still this kind of like taboo topic. And when I moved from San Francisco to Chicago, back to Chicago, I'm from here, my mission was kind of to to do that with my with my mental health practice is to just say like, hey, it's normal. It's okay. We can talk about mental health. We can you go to your doctor. Why, why can't we talk about going to your therapist, right? So what I always say about it is like, if you had a heart problem, you would go to a cardiologist, right? So if you have a brain problem, maybe you should think about going to a therapist. And it's that simple. And it, and it doesn't have to be this like taboo thing. So what I'm hoping to do with the podcast is to really kind of open up that conversation about mental health in general I mean, I talked about the niche that bodybuilders experience and the trouble that they experience in this in the mental health community. But really, it's it's kind of a universal issue, right? Like we we want to be able to to have these conversations and to talk about hurdles that people experience and seasons of their lives that may not have gone so well and talk about it in a way that like normalizes that conversation in general. And, and by doing so, hopefully other people will choose to seek help and reach out and, and make their lives better. One of the things that you've told me about some of these other bodybuilders that you've met, um, when you tell them what you do for a living, you know, they sometimes say, Oh my gosh, you're a therapist. And then they tell you everything there is to know about them. Almost mm-hmm. like you have this thing on your forehead that says, I'm a therapist. I'd love to give you free therapy. <laughs> but also, I think that you um, are really great at listening to their stories. And one of the things that you've said over and over and over again is when um, other bodybuilders go and talk to their therapist, oftentimes the therapist advises them to quit bodybuilding. Yes. And you think that's very frustrating. Absolutely. I've seen so many stories of such triumph with this sport, with this lifestyle, right? I mean, there are a lot of women that had very severe eating disorders and then they started bodybuilding and it's like transformed them because part of it is like, you're not going to win if you don't eat, period. Like you can't, you can't grow, you can't grow muscle. You can't grow that, that, that density that you need to be on that stage and to place without eating. So it like completely changes the way that you feel about food and the way that you view food and the way that you view food as fuel, you know, and, you know, I I just, I briefly mentioned carbs, (laughs) like you need a lot of carbs to fill out your muscles. So it, it's been such a life changing experience for so many people. And also let's just go with like self-esteem, like maybe their self-esteem was kind of tanked and then they started bodybuilding and then they started being successful or even just like, and what, what I mean successful, I mean like maybe you just want to do one show. Maybe it's just like your goal is one show, but to train so intensely for so long and to, you know, do your nutrition that way for so long and to get on that stage and just say like, Hey, I did it. And that's your goal. I mean, that's a huge self-esteem booster. So you've been doing NPC bodybuilding uh, for what, eight months, nine months, 10 months, Mm -hmm. and you've already seen some results. Yes. You know, maybe when we go and do some editing on this podcast, we can throw up a picture of of you wearing your sparkly bikini. Sure. So people can like, (laughs) you know, you're you're in the community. I did. You're you're actually in the community. Yeah. 
Um, but these days you call it your build season. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of bodybuilders are very familiar with the build season and improvement season. Mm -hmm. You're eating a lot of calories. Yeah. I think that some people are almost a little bit taken aback by the amount of food that you're consuming. And I don't mean that in any derogatory way. I mean that you, you're still working out, you're working out an hour a day, hour and a half, sometimes two hours a day because you're still doing this. And so maybe that sounds a little bit too intense for some people, mm -hmm. but if you want to win like you do and you want to be a pro, um, you have to take it pretty seriously. And I think having that conversation with a mental health provider, like you've said, you know, to kind of discuss, um, you know, maybe a mental health or a block or something like with a therapist. And then you tell them about these eating disorders or how intentional or sometimes crazy people can get about their workouts. It almost doesn't match because it's, it's a little bit unhealthy. And one of your goals you've told me lots of times is Matt, I want to maintain my balance through all this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to lose myself. I, I don't want to go too crazy. Um, I want to win, but I also want to maintain my health and my life. I don't want to lose all of those things. So what other pieces of advice have you talked about with some of the um, NPC bodybuilders that you're already working with? Yeah, I think like anything else, um, starting something new, what you don't know is is the mental block at first, right? Because going into it, you just you just have no idea. I mean, you you see if if you're watching bodybuilding media, you're often seeing the end result, right? You don't really see what it takes to get there. And you don't really understand the process of getting there. I mean, even my first show, what we do leading up to the show is everybody has this, what they call a peak week, right? And peak week is depending on who you are and where you're at, like your coach basically implements these protocols, um, changes your diet a lot, changes your water intake a lot, changes your salt intake a lot. And then right up to the show, they kind of are, are continually messing with all of that to get you to what we call like a, like a, like stage ready, right? And if you haven't been through that process before, there's so much unknowns. There's a lot of fear behind that because you're like, well, what if I don't make it? What if my body doesn't respond the way that I need it to? What if I, you know, uh, screw it up? What if I'm not sleeping well and I'm holding on to a bunch of water or whatever it is? Um, I would say that the, the number one thing is to number one, hire a professional that knows what they're doing. And then your job as that athlete is to trust the process. And mm. I say that with a grain of salt because I'm just not very good at that myself. I'm very type A. But you did it. I did it. Yeah. And you're still doing it. I'm still doing it. I have an amazing coach. Her name is Kiki. And I definitely have my days. They're fewer, they're much fewer and far between now, but I have somebody that I can rely on where I have a day where I'm like, Hey, I'm not feeling like this is going well. And I'll text her, email her, whatever. And you know, she's there to kind of coach me through it. And it's, it's, it's the same in business. It's the same as in life is that like, know what you're good at stick to what you're good at and then hire everything else out. Like hire the professionals who know what they're doing to kind of help you build your life. And then you, your job is to really just kind of trust that, um, that they, that they're there for you and that, that they're doing it. You know, one of my favorite uh, quotes is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true in life. You know, you're obviously, you we're partners, you're my wife, but you've also found a 
personal trainer that's going to help you in some of those physical um, aspects. Um, you found a um, nutritionist to help you with some of those aspects. And now you've become this mental health advocate right. um, kind of uh, for specifically some of these bodybuilders who maybe didn't have that mental health support system. Mm-hmm. And now you're able to do that. Can you tell me a little bit about um, maybe some of the mental health struggles? You don't have to be specific with the names of anyone, obviously. Uh, we don't want to violate any HIPAA laws. But, um, you know, what are some of the things that you're hearing about in terms of mental health issues that the bodybuilders in the, in the community that they typically face? Yeah, I would say number one is just kind of self-esteem issues. Um depending on how far you want to go in this sport, because there's definitely a a variation, right? Like some people, like I said, would like to get on that stage one time and do it and kind of check it off their bucket list. And then there are others that find that this lifestyle is something that they want to continue. And the continuance of the lifestyle, I guess, is probably the the biggest, uh, it's, it's a big commitment, right? So then, you know, it's a sport of, of very, of comparison, it is not in your everyday work. It shouldn't be in your everyday workout and life, right? You do your training, you do your nutrition, and you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people at that point. But then when you do step on that stage, I mean, that's what it's all about. On the In the amateur level, you are put into categories depending on your height and your age. But then the farther you progress in that sport, once you're away from the amateur level, you are on stage with maybe somebody that's 20 years old and has never had a child or maybe, you know, um, or they've been doing it a lot longer or they've been doing it a lot longer and there's no way to tell. I mean, the judges that are sitting there don't have a sheet in front of them and they're saying like, uh, you know, this person's been at it for eight years. It, it, that that's all gone. It doesn't matter. The amateur level that does matter. You know, you can enter categories for, um, for being new at the sport, but the farther you progress, the, the less of that there is. So I think like, you know, if you're a pro or beyond, or maybe you want to go to the Olympia, um, it, it can be a huge struggle to just continue to, you know, everybody has those days where they're like, why the heck am I doing this? And so you really have to find your why um, and everybody has their why that are that are different reasons. Um, but that is really what's going to kind of continue to propel you forward is knowing what your why is, knowing what your goal is. But really, it's that like it's that reason why you're doing it. I think what I'd like to talk about next in just a minute is a little bit about the uh, way that you're able to stay focused. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I've really gotten a chance, kind of a front row seat, literally to see is how focused you are, how you stay focused. It's also how you plan for the future. You're very intentional about your time. And I want to ask you some questions about that. And I think the third thing is the finances of this. You know, a lot of people, they hear the term bodybuilding and they hear about the intentionality that you're taking and how much you're eating or how much time you're in the gym. And there's some questions I would imagine that our listeners are going to have uh, around the finances of it. So I can't wait to talk to you about that. Have you ever been stuck in life? Have I got a book for you? Ascension Mentality, written by Amy Wilhelmy, public speaker, athlete, and licensed therapist. In her book, Amy takes us through a raw and vulnerable journey as she unravels from childhood trauma and navigates her career, marriage, and parenthood. 
She takes us on a deep dive into her life and how when emotions are left unprocessed, they seep into adulthood as she tries to navigate the task of growing up. You cannot change what you did. You cannot change what has happened to you. But you can change how you feel about it. You can let go of what is holding you back. When you process and unwind trauma, you don't lose what made you strong. You only lose what no longer serves you. To ultimately be a better human, friend, parent, partner, coworker, daughter or son, and leader. It's time to let go. Ascension Mentality. This is Amy Wilhelmy. I'm the owner of Balance Wellness Collective. It's a holistic and integrative mental health practice located in St. Charles, Illinois, and telehealth. All of Illinois, we see individuals, adults, families, children, and adolescents. We are primarily family-focused and also do divorce mediation. It is a mind, body, and spirit approach to care. You can find us at www.balancewellnesscollective.com. This has been an Ascension Mentality podcast. Hit subscribe for all the latest episodes, and for more information, visit ascensionmentality.com. Ascension Mentality, making mental gains. (laughs) 